back here this afternoon. Join me in standing. I'll be reading Galatians 2.20. I'm crucified with Christ, and nevertheless I live. Not yet I, but Christ liveth in me. The life which I now live in the flesh, I live by the faith of the Son of God, who loved me and gave himself for me. Brother Logan, will you open us in a word of prayer? Drums on page 56 and we all get to heaven.
Can you guys hear me? Don? Awesome. Well, <clears throat> I, kn- I know I've been going a little, a little long recently, and I know that there's a Chiefs game today. Um, and I was going to sh- cut it short, but, I mean, if I go along, I'll save you guys the disappointment of watching the Chiefs lose. So it'll be okay. I, not, not a good start, huh? I'm sorry. Okay. <laughs> uh, well, this will be the last time you guys ever hear me preach, so... <laughs> Uh, well, if you turn your Bibles to the book of Haggai, Haggai chapter 2. <laughs> well, I didn't catch that. <laughs> Haggai chapter 2, and if you find your place there, uh, whenever you do find your place there, if you go ahead and stand. Haggai chapter 2, and we'll be starting in verse number 10. And uh, I know we've been going over this last couple weeks, but we know the, the children of Judah are, are beginning to build the temple of the Lord again, and uh, God even last, uh, we saw last week how he sent a message of encouragement to them. So they're, they're, they're working, they're, they're busy on the temple of the Lord. Haggai chapter 2, verse number 10. Uh, here's another message from the Lord. It says, In the four and twentieth day of the ninth month, in the second year of Darius, uh, and that, that date is important, and we'll look at that why in a minute, came the word of the Lord by Haggai the prophet, saying, Thus saith the Lord of hosts, Ask now the priests concerning the law, saying, if one bear holy flesh in the skirt of his garment, and with his skirt do touch bread or pottage or wine or oil or any meat, shall it be holy? And the priest answered and said, No. Then said Haggai, If one that is unclean by a dead body touch any of these, shall it be unclean? And the priest answered and said, It shall be unclean. Then answered Haggai and said, So is the people, so is this people, and so is the nation before me, saith the Lord, and so is every work of their hands, and that which they offer there is unclean. And now I pray you, consider from this day and upward, from before a stone was laid upon a stone in the temple of the Lord, since those days, since since those days were, when one came to an heap of twenty measures, there were but ten. And when one came to the press fat for to draw out fifty vessels out of the press, there were but twenty. I smote you with blasting and with mildew and with hail, and in all the labors of your hands, yet ye turned not to me, saith the Lord. Let's go ahead and pray. Dear God, thank you so much for this day, Lord. Thank you for the opportunity to preach. Thank you for the fact that you've already met with us today, Lord. I just pray you give me the words to say as uh, we're kind of rounding it out today. Uh, be with us. You're going to pray. Amen. <clears throat> you may be seated. Um, when one of the jobs that I had uh, through college, really the job that I had for most of my time through college, uh, it was a place called MTO, and it, just, it, was a, it stood short for Medical Transport of Oklahoma. And my job was to, I was a non-emergency medical transport person. It's a long title. It's not really that fancy. But 
Um, my job was uh, I would drive a minivan all day. Uh, it was a decked out minivan where I could roll in wheelchairs or people on uh, stretchers uh, and drive them from appointment to appointment. It was mostly dealing with nursing homes. So I'd take them from nursing home to their appointment and appointment back to the nursing home or maybe do facility transfers. Maybe somebody went to the hospital for, for uh, an operation and they needed somebody to get them back to their nursing home. So I would go to the hospital and I'd pick them up and I'd, and I'd take them back to the nursing home. Now the thing is that I first got this job right after COVID was dying down. So it made things a little difficult. And if, and if anybody maybe worked in hospitals or, or uh, it, it was anywhere near hospitals and you visited hospitals, you knew that there were some big precautions going on, uh, especially when COVID was around. And I remember that I would, I, would, uh, I, would go, I would go to work, I'd get my log, say I have to go pick this person up at this place at this time. And um, from as soon as I clocked in till I clocked out, I was probably wearing a gown and I was wearing a mask and I was wearing gloves and it was sweaty and it was uncomfortable, but we, we wore those things. Why? Because they were scared of everybody getting COVID. They were scared of me getting COVID, of me getting even what the, what the resident had, of, of me taking COVID to them. Um, and it just all, 24-7, I was having to wear, it was kind of annoying, but well, we, we took those precautions uh, that we call those, what, contact precautions. And you guys also remember that they were telling everybody, stay six feet apart. Uh, this stuff is contagious. Yeah, you, you, took, you took those precautions. Why? Because really they were telling us COVID was super contagious. You were scared of catching it, so you took the necessary precautions to avoid those things. And then those contact precautions, uh, we see a very similar picture here that Haggai uses to deliver the message to the people. And so he goes to the priests, and it would have been maybe in front of everybody where everybody can hear them. And he says, okay, priest, I, the priests were in charge of, of, of knowing the law and teaching the people the law. And he goes to the priest and asks them, he said, Okay, priests, uh, whenever, whenever a sacrifice, whenever a sacrifice comes your way, um, they would obviously know the, the procedures when it came to specific sacrifices and pretend with me that we're an Israelite back then and, and we had to give a sacrifice to, to atone for our sins, to cover for our sins. So we'd, bring, we'd bring a sacrifice to the priest and, and uh, it was a, 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 for, for atonement of our sins uh, temporarily there and, and they, would, they would do different things with different parts of the meat depending on the sacrifice. And if it was covering your sin, then, then the priest would take a certain part, and part of it, uh, for that specific sacrifice, God would allow the priest to, to eat it. And he would take it with him, and he'd eat it in the, in the presence of God, fellowshipping with the Lord. But the, the way that they would carry that meat, that piece of meat that was going to be uh, uh, holy now, and he was going to enjoy the fellowship of the Lord, he, he, would, he would put that piece of meat in, in, in the skirt of his garment, and he would carry it to where he was going to have fellowship with the Lord. And that, that piece of meat became holy because it was given to the Lord. It was a holy piece of meat now. Now he's asking, he's asking the priest, okay, if, if, I were to, if, if when you guys take that piece of meat and lay it in your skirt, and you guys walk over it and, and, and you put it where it needs to go, um, that piece of meat was holy. Now, now if you were to take that, piece, that holy piece of meat out and, and instead put a piece of bread in there right after, uh, does the holiness from that piece of meat transfer over to the bread or the wine or the, or the porridge? And, and they would say, no. The, the holiness of the meat did not transfer over. The bread is now, isn't now considered holy. The, the wine is not now considered holy. The holiness didn't transfer. Now, on, on the flip side, the other illustration he uses uh, it had, to, had, to, had to deal with uncleanliness, right? Those contact precautions that we talked about earlier. If, if Logan and I were, were walking down the road, we were about to go meet up with, the, with our brother Jay and our brother Reed, um, and we, he were to see a dead body, and Logan said, I'm going to go touch the dead body as an Israelite. I don't know why he would do that, but it's probably something Logan would do. And he, he touches it. <laughs> he touches that dead body. It would be considered unclean. Then he would be considered unclean. 
um, he's unclean now. And if I were to shake Logan's hand right after that, uh, then I would be unclean. And, and he asked the priest, does that transfer over? And he said, yeah, uh, that transfers over. And, 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 it, and if we were to go into, the, into, into fellowship with our brothers and we didn't tell anybody, we started shaking hands with everybody, then the, 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 the uncleanliness uh, would just start spreading everywhere. That, that does transfer. So we see the holiness doesn't transfer over. Holiness doesn't carry over, but, but the uncleanliness does. So why was God using these pictures? These were, these, are, these were traditions that they would have been very familiar to. Why was he using this picture? Well, he was just trying to get that point across, right? Holiness doesn't transfer over, but uncleanliness does. So why, is, why does he make that point? Well, he tells us that in the next verse, after he talks about those things, he says, <clears throat> um, in verse uh, uh, 13, he finishes talking about the, the, the dead body and the uncleanliness, and said, verse 14, Then answered Haggai and said, So is this people, and so is the nation before me, saith the Lord, and so is every work of their hands, and that which they offer there is unclean. So he's calling the work of their hands unclean. And can you imagine the people listening to this saying, are you serious right now? I know we were slacking for so long, and I, but we got right. We started working on the temple of the Lord again. We're, we're doing good. And we were discouraged last, uh, a couple months ago, but, but God sent a message of encouragement. Are you, why is God concerning our work unclean? And, and it was a simple point that Haggai was trying to prove to them is, is maybe this. The, the nation of Judah had gone busy working on the temple of the Lord. They were outwardly doing the work of God that he had called them to do. But holiness doesn't transfer over. Uncleanliness does. So how do those two tie in? Well, they thought that they were automatically doing good, that they were right with God, because outwardly they were working on the temple. But all God saw through the work of their hands was filthiness. It was all unclean. Why? Well, because many of them still had sin in their hearts. Many of them still had secret sin in their daily lives. And yes, they'd show up to every work thing. They were working on the temple of the Lord. Remember, holiness doesn't transfer over. They could be living in sin, and then touching the temple of the Lord that God had blessed wasn't going to make them holy. No. Rather, what was happening was their sinful hearts and their sinful lives was contaminating the work that God had set them to do. Their uncleanliness was transferring over to the work of the Lord. It was a truth that Haggai wanted them to grasp. God said, I understand you're working on my temple again, I'm thankful. Awesome, good for you, but that's not what I care about the most because you're still living in sin and you still have secrets in your life and you're contaminating my work that I have for you. You're not automatically holy just because you come and work on the temple. No, holiness starts in your heart, in your personal lives. That's what I want you to focus on. And he even, he even says, okay, consider with me. Look back, I'm going to prove it to you. Verse 14, uh, verse 15 says, Now I pray you, consider from this day and upward, from before a stone was laid upon a stone in the temple of the Lord. And in verse 16, 17, uh, he talks about what we've been talking about already, that how he, he brings up how, how they would go out and sow, and they would expect a certain amount back, and they would never be enough. And they'd go out and expect a certain amount of wine back, and they would never be enough. And he reminds them how, how he cursed their crops with mildew, and how he sent hailstorms to destroy their progress. He says, even, and it's funny because they started working on the temple of the Lord, and when this message came, guess what? They had been working on the temple, but they were still suffering the same things as before. They were still, they still didn't have enough resources. They, 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 God was still cursing them. God still wasn't blessing them. So it goes to prove that it wasn't just working on the temple that was the wrong thing. No, there was still sin in their lives. And God is trying to tell you, God is trying to tell them, saying, 
guys, there, there's something more here that you guys have to work on. Do you guys realize that, that you guys are still having the same problems you guys were having problems with when you guys were still not working on my house? It goes deeper than just outward obedience. It begins in the heart, in your private lives. And just to get straight to application, I said I was, I, I was kidding. I'm actually going to try and cut it short. But um, you guys remember, I, I was probably like in the latter, I would probably caught the latter end of these times. But whenever I'd, I'd be watching TV with my family at home or something, we didn't have cable. We had just antenna TV. Uh, and I'd fall asleep and I'd wake up and it was, let's say, 10 p.m., 12 12, 12 at night, whatever it was, and I'd wake up, and it'd be some sort of infomercial, right? And it, it, the, the ones I remember, I'm, I'm kind of coming up with one of my own now, but I'm, I'm sure you guys can think of some, is, uh, have you been struggling to lose weight? <laughs> have you been struggling to target that belly fat? Have you, have, you, have you been trying to diet and nothing will work? Have you, have you been trying to run three miles a day and nothing works? Well, not anymore. Not with the Ab Blaster 3000, <laughs> right? And... And now let me ask you guys this. God asked them, asked this of the people. Have you guys been working hard? Have you guys been trying hard to work on your marriage? Have you been working hard at raising your kids the right way? Have you been working hard at raising a good family? Have you been working hard at getting ahead financially? And does it seem that everything you do is fruitless, is meaningless? Maybe one area of your life is doing okay, but the rest are a mess. Have you guys been working hard and just the work of your hands is fruitless, meaningless? Nothing seems to work. That's what God was trying to remind them, saying, do you guys see that it's not working out? Why? Because the work of your hands is tainted. It's filthy to me. Now I ask us here today, it's, it's a message that still, it still preaches to us today, is let me ask you, is, are you guys, do you guys find yourself in the same spot? I found myself there many times. And if I'm not careful, I'll find myself there even while I'm the youth pastor here at church. I can try and work day in and day out to prepare messages or to try and witness to people or to try and influence the teens. But if I'm not making sure that my heart is clean and pure and holy before God, guess what? God looks down and sees my hard work as filthy, tainted, unclean. And many Christians live their lives in that very state their whole lives. They, they, they keep on working hard, and some start for, they, go, they go through some great times here and there, but overall, their whole life, they look back and say, man, fruitless, meaningless. Why? They were at church every Sunday. They were at every work day. They were at every potluck. They sang songs. They sang congregationals. They, they sang in the choir. But guess what? God looks down and says, filthy. Why? Because he doesn't care as much about the outward obedience as he does about inward purity and the sin in your heart. Is there sin in your heart? That's making the works of your hand look filthy to God. And for some of you, this message could be a Zechariah message. I'm saying, what do you mean? Well, in the next, in the next book, we see the prophet Zechariah. He delivers a message to the people just a few months before this message from Haggai. They were, they were, they were overlapping. And in that message that Zechariah sent, to that mess, he prophesied to the people, he was pretty much telling them, God says, get right with me, there's still is in your lives. And guess what? They didn't listen. That's why God had to send Haggai. So for some people sitting in this room, you know they're sinning your lives, you know they're sinning your heart down deep inside that nobody else knows about, and you think nobody else sees it, but God sees it, and this message might be a Zechariah message for you, where well, I'm going to preach it, I'm going to try my hardest, and, and, and maybe some other people are being affected, but you're going to walk out of this room saying, eh, whatever, I'm going to keep on living the life, my life is good right now, I know there's a little part of my life that's full of sin, but the rest of my life is okay, so I'll be fine. 
But I pray that for some, this message is a Haggai message because the people listened. They, they, they took heed to the message from the Lord. And I pray that for some, this is the Haggai message from you. God's telling you, do you guys see that maybe some of your work is fruitless? It's, it, it's, it's not being, it's not being uh, beneficial. Why? It's not because you're not obeying outwardly. It's because there's still sin in your heart. There's still sin in your life. And that's all this message is, is be honest with yourselves. Every single person, I know I have to do it every day. I can't, you, can't, you can't keep on lying to yourself and saying that you're okay the way you are and that if you're only messing up in a small area, everything else is okay because you do good in every other area. No, all God sees is that disgusting sin right there. And it, it, every person has to come to the point in their lives where they stop lying to themselves and saying they're okay and saying they'll be okay and it'll work out and maybe it's just a bad time. No, God's saying filthy. And that's why the works of your hand is fruitless, is meaningless. Let this be a Haggai message. And if you find yourself in those shoes right now, if, you, if you're being honest with yourself and letting God really search your heart, like Pastor read in Psalms this morning, God, search my heart. If you're really being honest with yourself and letting him search your heart, and you say, you know what, I'm there. I have some things in my life I need to get right. I have some sin in my heart, in my personal life, that's making the work that I do with my hands filthy, useless, unclean, unfit for God. God has to reject this. And let me tell you, God has another message for you. It's in the same chapter. Verse 18 says, Consider now from this day and upward, from the four and twentieth day of the ninth month, even from the day that the foundation of the Lord's temple was laid. Consider it. He's saying, people, children, look back. Just, just look back with me. He says, verse 19, Is the seed yet in the barn? Yea, as yet the vine and the fig tree and the pomegranate and the olive tree hath not brought forth? From this day will I bless you. Huh. Let's dive into that, okay? God had a message following, following up this accusation. He had something else for them, and he had something else for us too. He's saying, yes, you're still living in sin. And yes, you've been obeying me outwardly, but I still see the sin in your hearts, and that's making your works before me filthy, unfit. I have to reject it, and I can't even bless you because of that. That's why, that's why your crops aren't growing. That's why I'm, I'm cursing your crops. He said, but there's something else. And he, he, that, that's, that's an interesting verse where he says, he asked them, is the seed yet in the barn? Remember we said that uh, that date was important? Well, this message took place during December for these people. And you're not out there planting in December, are you? No. Uh, they, still had the seed in their, they still had the seed in their hands. They haven't planted that yet. They haven't even begun to, to, to the whole process of, of sowing and harvesting in that. Uh, this was their off season, you could say. And they're sitting there maybe and they're thinking, I wonder if this next year is going to be the same as the last 50 years. We just, we just can't seem to make ends meet. We're struggling. And God's saying, whoa, 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 stop. Think with me, okay? You guys haven't even planted your seeds yet. At most, you guys have prepared your fields. You guys have plowed them. That's it. And wh wh why is God saying that? Well, God's saying this. It's not too late. I'm giving you a chance to fix this. If you get right with me, and, and if you get rid of that sin that, that's making the works before me filthy, you know what? You guys haven't planted your seed yet. I'll bless you. As long as you guys get right with me, I promise to give you increase. I promise to make your work fruitful. But you have to get right with me. God was giving him a second chance. God was being merciful and gracious and saying, you know what? I know you've been living in sin for 14, 15 years, and I know you thought that maybe building up my temple outwardly was going to make me happy, but it's not. But I'm not just going to leave you there. I'm giving you a chance to get it right. Get it right, and I will bless you. All those blessings I've been holding back from you, they can be yours again as long as you get your heart right with me. 
Get rid of that secret sin in your private life. Get rid of that, and I will bless you. And that's the challenge today, is this. Every single one of us has to be honest with ourselves and let God search our hearts. And if we're honest, a lot of us would have to come up to the altar and say, God, there's some things in my life that is keeping me from having a fruitful marriage. That is keeping me as a man from, having a, from leading my family the right way. And I work hard to lead them, and I, and I try hard to lead them to church, and yet we still have fights, and we just can't seem to get ahead. Why? Don't look at the circumstances around you, man. Look at your heart. Is there, is there sin in your heart that you have to confess to get right with God? Maybe you're a wife and you're saying, man, my husband and I, I try my hardest, but we're trying hard, and we, we go on dates and, 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 and all this stuff, but whatever I try it just doesn't work. We still fight. He still seems to hate me. I'm still always so worried that he's going to leave me or leave me for somebody else and, 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 and all these things. And you look at the circumstances, but maybe God's saying, look in your heart. I can't bless your marriage if you're living in sin. And you're trying to raise kids to be godly, and you hate whenever they talk back to you, and you hate whenever they're, they're, they're doing sin behind your back, and, and you're mad about it, but then God says, but look at your heart. I can't bless you as you raise your kids if you're living in sin. I can't bless your family if you're still living in sin. And maybe you come to church and you say, <coughs> I just moved here, or I've been here for a while, and I just can't seem to fit in. Nobody here likes me. I don't really have friends. I show up and I'm invisible and I leave and nobody reaches out to me. And I just, I'm always having, I'm always at odds with other ladies or I'm always at odds with other men or other families and, and nothing just seems to go right. I don't like those people at that church. Maybe God's saying, maybe it's because there's sin in your heart that you have to get right. God's calling for an inward look. Not Stop looking at everything else around us and look at our hearts. And I, I think about about this fact that many people go to church and they think because they show up in church on Sundays and they show up to every work day and they show up and they sing songs in choir and they're super involved in church and they even have a, you could say, a high position in church, that that makes them holy and that makes up for the sin in their life, but nothing can be farther from the truth. In fact, what you're doing, showing up to church with secret sin in your life, is you're contaminating the rest of the work that God's trying to do here at Shawnee Mission Baptist Temple. That's all that's happening. And God's calling every single one of us to examine our hearts and say, is there something between me and the Lord? Is there something that's making my work filthy before God? Now, I wasn't going to talk about this, but it just, it just seemed the Lord wants me to talk about is this. I, I know because I've been there, and if I'm not careful, I'll still be there. But a lot of people show up to church thinking that, well, if we think about this. The message that God sent to the people, right, he wasn't directing it at just the priests. And he wasn't directing it to the governor. And he wasn't directing it to just uh, Joshua the high priest or even Haggai or Zechariah. No, who was he directing the message to? The people. It's not enough for the... God's not just calling pastor to be holy. God's not calling pastor to have a pure heart. No, this message was for the people. And many Christians show up to church and they think, I have some sin in my heart, in my life that nobody knows about. I'm covering it up pretty good. That's okay. But I still show up to church every Sunday. And on top of that... Our pastor seems pretty holy. That's enough for me. No. God requires this from every single one of us. It's not on the pastor to be the only holy one, to be the only one that does all the work that God accepts. No. God wants every single one of us, every single one of you, to, to, to be fruitful. That, that, that the works of your hand are fruitful, that he can accept them, that he can bless him. So a simple message is this. Examine your hearts. Let God examine them. And for some of you, like I said, uh, this message might be a Haggai mess, uh, Zechariah message. 
You're going to walk out of these doors and nothing's going to have changed. But I pray that for some, if there are some things that are making your, the works of your hand and God has to look down and say, filthy, 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 that you get those right with the Lord. Because God's saying, I want to bless you. And I have so many blessings in store for you, but I can't give them to you until you're pure, until you're clean, until you're holy. Just imagine what God wants to do with this church here in Shawnee Mission Baptist Temple. If only the people of this church would always make sure, would, would be constantly fighting the Satan and saying, Lord, search my heart. I don't want anything in my life that makes my work filthy and that contaminates the rest of the work going, there at going on there at church. <clears throat> Praise the Lord. Uh, after I left uh, MTO, towards the end of my, of my time there, uh, we had all those contact precautions lifted off. Right? The most I would have to wear is gloves, but I didn't have to wear a mask anymore. I didn't have to wear gowns. Uh, and, you know, the whole thing with COVID being just the government thing, all this stuff, whatever it is. But uh, it seems that those kind of, those kind of sicknesses, diseases kind of just come and go. But this problem is going to be something we're going to have to deal with the rest of our lives while we're here on earth. It's going to be a constant effort to ask the Lord to search our hearts. It's going to be a constant fight to be honest with yourself and let God search your heart. It's going to be a constant effort to come to the altar and get that right with him. In a little bit, we're going to have an altar call. And I know during a message like this, um, it can be a little scary. Uh, I know because I've thought this. If nobody else thinks this, then maybe it's just me. But during a message like this, I say, I don't want to go up to the altar because, you know, he's talking about secret sin. Everybody's going to know what, that I'm going up there and I'm dealing with secret sin. That's, that's dumb. Well, I don't want you to think about it like that. Rather, um, maybe you're doing good. Maybe you are fighting uh, the, the battle right now, but... But you just want to say, God, help me to keep on fighting. Give me the strength to keep on fighting that sin from creeping into my life. And for some of you, it might be to come and get things right with the Lord. That he, he can bless the, hand, the work of your hands. But whatever it is, don't let Satan lie to you and keep you from getting right with God. God has something for somebody. And, and, he, and he, wants, he wants people to walk out of church on Sunday with nothing between, between him and him. He wants it to be a pure, loving relationship. So don't let the fear of that stop you from getting right with God or, or working or talking with the Lord or just, just letting him deal with you. As we're going to stand and pray in a little bit, I just pray you don't let that get in the way. And if God spoke to you, if God showed you some things in your heart that you need to get right, don't wait. Okay? Please don't wait. Like Pastor said, it, it, it'd be really lame to show up to heaven in muddy boots. And God had a work for you here on earth. And we don't know when that time is up for us. But it'd be a shame if you show up to heaven and God said, sorry, it's all been filthy. Go ahead and pray. Dear Lord, thank you so much for this day, Lord. And this is the truth that um, you preached at me first, Lord, this whole week, Lord. I know it's been something that, um, well, just something that you had to illuminate in my life, Lord. And I just thank you, Lord, uh, for the simple truth and for the fact that you are so gracious and loving and merciful to us that you give us a second chance. I just thank you so much for that, Lord, and I pray that if there's somebody in this room, Lord, that, that needs to take advantage of that second chance and needs to get things right with you, I pray that you give them the courage to get that right with you, Lord. I just pray you deal with hearts how you, how you need to deal with hearts, Lord, and I pray you just let people, I pray you help people just let you in, Lord. Just thank you for this day. Here, let me pray, amen. If you need to come and do some business with you, maybe stand, you may stand. If you need to come and do business with the Lord. Uh, just go ahead and do that. Maybe in your seat, there's some things that between you and him. Just get those right with him because God has some blessings for you, but he can't give them to you.
unless you're right with him. Unless you confess those sins and get those right with him. This time, Brother Trenton's going to come up and uh, do our announcements. Uh, continue praying for uh, Stephen and Reagan and their far, but well, Miles will continue improving and they'll be able to go home. Uh, we'll have our business meeting this Wednesday. Look at the past year and the budget for. Uh, we'll also vote on the church offices, so be thinking about that. Uh, the prayer guide, heard it's going to be cleared, so if you have anything to say or do, just follow. Talk to him in person. Couples retreat coming up in February. A couple different dates you can choose from there. Registrations online, you can help with that. Also see you all. Our missions conference will be at the end of this month. Uh, looking forward. Uh, I think so. Logan, would you?